Hey everyone, welcome to our 1130 service. So glad that everyone's here. My name's Tony. I'm the lead pastor here at Gateway Church. A big shout out to all of you who are huddled around your phones, your computers, your TVs, uh, your tablets. A big shout out to you. You are awesome. Glad that you are joining us today. We pray that today is a blessing for you. Uh, Get you through a little bit of the crazy weeks that we've been having. Uh, We love having you with us today, especially online Uh, And we look forward to the day that we can all be in person. Uh, Today is week two of our five-week series called the 30-Day Easter Challenge. I hope that you've been able to join us. If not, watch your email, watch our Facebook page, uh, watch our website. You can go to this website right here, angolagateway.com, angolagateway.com slash Easter. And you can go there, and there are daily devotionals that are going along with our sermon series that I'm recording for you. Uh, We originally planned to pass out books, but unfortunately, uh, we cannot do that. I hope those videos are a blessing to you as those emails go out and those pages are available and videos come up. They'll be available starting tomorrow morning for the second week uh, called The Need. Uh, Let me start today's message off by saying this. It is hard to move up if you don't show up. It's hard to move up if you don't show up. That's true in your work. That's true in everywhere. It's hard to, let's say, grow up if you don't show up. It's hard to go up if you don't show up. You remember that college class or that high school class that you struggled with? I mean, you could skip every class that you had, but this one class you had to be there. If you missed a class, it scared you to death. You struggled so bad with this class that if you weren't present, if you weren't there, if you weren't in the room listening to the lecture, writing your own notes, asking questions of the professor, if you didn't show up, you knew that it would be a struggle for you. You felt lost and you got behind. You couldn't move up. You couldn't grow up. You couldn't go up if you didn't show up. So you did everything you could to be there in that classroom. Sports was like that for me. Uh, My high school basketball coach had a rule. No practice, no play. No practice, no play. If you don't show up for practice, you aren't going to go up into the game when the game comes. I remember in high school, I, I was a, the star basketball player. I was a two-time All-State basketball player in Illinois, won a state championship. I was the lead scorer, the lead rebounder. In my head, I just knew I had to play. No matter what, coach is going to play me. I remember one specific week, I got sick. In between two games, I got sick. I missed a whole week of practice. Because I was sick. And I just assumed when game time came, you know, miraculously I got better the game day. I got myself up, got myself around, went to school. You know, if you didn't go to school, you couldn't go to practice. If you didn't go to practice, you couldn't go into the game. And so I remember that day the game came. I got better. I went to school. I got on that bus. I went to the game, went through the warm-ups. And wouldn't you know, in the locker room before the game started, coach called the starting lineup. And I wasn't in it. If you don't show up, you can't go up. If you don't show up, you can't move up. And so I had to sit out. It was a hard lesson to learn that day. 
This week I was talking to uh, my middle daughter who is a senior, and my, my heart goes out to all of our seniors. These are crazy days. You will definitely not forget your senior year. And it's not because of all the fun senior festivities that happen of what normal generation after generation of what we have at high school graduation. You know, honey, my heart goes out, but we're going to do something special for you, and I hope you do something special for your seniors. But my daughter's a senior this year. She's 18, and we're talking about this idea of if you don't show up, you can't grow up. You know, if you don't, you can't move up if you don't show up. And she told me of a story in her HOE. Now, HOE is a health uh, I think it's uh, health, uh, occupation, something. I, I don't know what it stands for, but in high school, she gets to go into clinicals. She wants to go into the healthcare industry, and so they have this program at the Angola High School called HOE, and she, one week she got to be the school nurse. She got to go into an elementary school and be the school. She told me about this little boy who every Friday would come in and play sick. Every Friday at gym time, we know what that was about. He, he, he found his way to the nurse's station where he would be sick and have to lay there in the nurse's station. Well, one, she told me one week they did this, and the gym teacher decided that week he would bring ice cream sandwiches for everybody. Bummer. The dude missed out. He played sick. He didn't show up, so he couldn't move up. He didn't show up, so he, let, he missed out on something great. You know, the church isn't different than that is it you know the stats tell us that people are now showing up with less frequency than ever before in the history of the church in america 20 years ago i can maybe not even 20 years ago 10 years ago i remember that we considered an active person in our church somebody who was actively involved and a member of our church someone who was here at least three times a week a week. I remember that growing up three times a week and you were considered an active part of a church. Today, they tell us that an active member is considered active if they show up three times a month. Carrie Newhoff wrote an article about 10 reasons why people are attending less church these days. One of the main reasons and one of the top reasons he said that he sees in his church and other churches and all that they've done is that families, young families, are now putting a primary focus on kids' activities more than ever. When I was a kid growing up, nobody scheduled kids' events on Sunday. I remember nobody, and if they did schedule kids' events on Sunday, it was never before 3 o'clock. I mean, in America, it's... Places closed down. Restaurants didn't open. I mean, it, they just knew that Sunday was the average day. Was the day when the average American went to church. Never heard of traveling teams. Uh, I remember, you know, I told you I was an all-state basketball player, two-time all-state, won a state championship. I got a full ride uh, to, uh, to, to play basketball in college. Um, I excelled in basketball. I was brought into the Illinois Basketball Hall of Fame a few years ago, which was, was an awesome experience for me. But I never ever heard of traveling teams. Today they tell you if you're not in a traveling team, you're just not going to get noticed. You're not going to be seen. You're going to be left out. That, that idea, if you don't show up, you can't go up. But I remember my traveling team was I traveled from my front door to the back of the church 
where there was a telephone pole with a wood backboard and a rim with no net. And I sat there for days and days and shoot every day. I'd shoot, 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 shoot. I remember going out there in the snow and bouncing the basketball, and the basketball would come up with snow on it. That was my traveling team. I just worked hard at it. But traveling teams today and all this, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what we're seeing is, is that there's less commitment to church and more commitment to those kinds of things. Another reason that uh, Carrie Newhoff gives us is that there's this rise in blended families, that we see families splitting time each week. Some families, the kids are with this, this parent this week and this parent the other week, and so we don't see everyone every week and less attendance. Another reason is the rise of online options. I would much rather all of you be here today so we could see each other and experience each other. It's much better to preach to an audience than it is a camera. But I understand these times and where we're at. But I also am grateful that this church had the foreknowledge years ago to go online and it's helped us make this transition. But online options, listen, you can go out right now and listen to some of the best worship and listen to some of the much better speakers than me every day of your life. And people are doing that instead of showing up into the community of faith, into church. But finally, he points out that there's another reason people are just skipping church, I guess. is They just don't feel guilty about missing church like we used to. I can remember growing up, I grew up my whole life in a parsonage. Uh, I've been a pastor for a long time. I, can, I know what it's like to be guilty, feel guilty about not going to church. Now, let me say this. I don't mind this one. I really don't. Uh, old timers are like, yeah, guilt them, get them into church. Listen, we don't really want them to come because they're guilty. You shouldn't come to church because you ought to. You shouldn't come to church because you have to. I don't want that. The Holy Spirit might convict us, but conviction is not guilt. Conviction is this idea that God brings something and makes us uncomfortable because we know we ought to do something, yes, but not because we just simply ought to, but because God has something for us on the other side of it. Conviction is about hope. Guilt is about shame. And we're not here to shame people into the pews. That, that's silly. Why would I want you here if you just simply feel guilty? Guilt is not a good reason to come to church. However, there are a lot of really great reasons. There are really great reasons you need church. And this is what this message is about today. The need for the church. And I hope at the end of this The challenge is for you to commit to the church, to realize, yes, I need the church. Well, let me give you the first reason that I have for you today. The the, the one reason that one reason that we need to show up at church is this. Jesus started the whole thing just for you and me. He started the whole thing. Jesus started it. Therefore, we should join in. We should show up. Even though attendance is down, listen, I have great hope that the local church, the local body of Christ, 
who is on mission, is the hope of the world. Why? Because it was not started by someone who had a great idea. It was started by the creator of all things. Jesus started the whole thing. He established it. The church has this great beginning. But we also read in Scripture that it will have an even better end. It has a great beginning, but it will have even a better end. Jesus promised that the church will prevail no matter what the times or the circumstances throw at it. Many things, epidemics, people, rulers, countries have tried to quiet it, tried to suppress it, tried to hide it, tried to deny it, tried to crush it. And yet, the church still moves on. COVID-19 can't even stop us from worshiping our Jesus today. It's no match for what Jesus has started and what He will finish. Why? Because Jesus established it. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. So this is the story. Jesus is coming to the end of His ministry. Jesus takes His disciples out. There's something in Matthew that's not happened yet. His disciples have not actually made a confession of who Jesus is. The reader knows that oh, this is the Son of God. He was born, you know, of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit, and we know what's happening, and we see this. But the disciples, his followers, have not actually made a commitment, a confession yet. And so Jesus takes his disciples out and he says, who do the people say that I am? Who are people talking about? Who, what are people saying about me? And he, they tell him, oh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. And then Jesus comes down to the personal moment with his disciples and he says this who do you say i am that's personal and peter stands up in the middle of all of those guys and he says i figured it out my heart is telling me that this is true something's happened in me you're not a regular normal guy something's different about you i've seen it for three years and peter says he stands up and he makes this confession he says You, Jesus, are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Whoa, what a great confession. And that confession, as you're going to learn here in a minute, is is everything for you and for me to make that confession. It changes everything. And here's what Jesus says to Peter and all of them. Blessed are you, son, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father, in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, Peter is the word Petra, which is rock. And on this rock, listen, I will build my church and the gates of death will not fail. What's he saying there? He's saying, Peter, you have figured it out. Peter, I'm going to build my ecclesia, my church, on this. Now, Was he saying that Peter, he's going to build his church on Peter? In some ways, yes. Peter became a stone in the house that God is building. Peter became a stone in the church that God is building. And Peter, through your confession, upon this confession that I am the Son of God, that your belief in me and your trust in me, it brings you into the family of God. It brings you into this gathering that I'm making. And he says, uses this word, build my ecclesia. Now, 
Ecclesia is the word that has been translated church, but it really is translated, the true translation is assembly or gathering. Unfortunately, it's been misinterpreted over the years. Somewhere along the way, we've taken that word ecclesia to mean the house of God, and that is not what it means. Jesus is not creating a place. He is not creating a location, but Jesus is creating a people movement, a group of people founded upon this one confession that Jesus is Lord. And he is gathering those people and centering those people around Jesus. And this confession that Peter made, Jesus is saying, upon this I am going to build my church. Jesus is the foundation and the center of the Jesus movement. We are a Jesus-centered community, a Jesus-centered people who gather around Jesus and follow Him. We need the church because Jesus started it and He's going to finish it someday. Another reason we need to show up is this. Jesus has entrusted us with great power and responsibility. Jesus has entrusted us with great power and responsibility. Jesus goes on in verse 19 and he says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. It's funny in any organization, in the church or in an office building, no one, when you start to hand keys to people, nobody wants them. And there's a reason. Because with keys come power and responsibility. Jesus says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Keys to the kingdom. Binding on earth. Binding in heaven. What in the world does all of this mean? The old way of thinking that those men would have understood this binding and loosing and the keys of the kingdom, they understood the temple concept. And in the ancient world, temples were created as kind of a gateway between the heavens and earth. And the way the heavens came to earth and the earth went to the heavens was through the temple. And in the Hebrew temple, we know that the Spirit of God, the presence of God, sat in the Holy of Holies. He sat between heaven and earth. And the priest would intercede between the people and God and heaven. And heaven and earth always had this gateway called a temple. Nothing happened on earth or in heaven without it. It was where the presence of God was. It's where you worshipped God. It's where you received forgiveness of sins. But the new way now. Jesus is bringing a new way. And he's saying, look, I'm going to bypass the temple. I'm going to create a new one. Jesus just made the Jesus-centered community. He says, I'm going to build my community, my gathering, my people. Center them around me. And the Jesus gathering is now becoming the new temple. It's not a building. It's not a pastor. It's not a staff. It's not a place. But it's a people that's moving with power and authority, binding on earth and and in heaven, loosing on earth and in heaven. Imagine with me for a moment the gospel is a 
loaded 2020 Mustang Shelby GT350. Some of you are like, that makes no sense to me. This is a powerful car. This is an incredible, let me tell you, if you drive this car, it'll change your life. If you drive this car, it'll change other people's lives. This is an incredible car, a powerful, beautiful car. Imagine the gospel is like this car. It has the power to get her done. It has the power to get you down the road. The car will not go faster and the car will not perform better by simply opening the car door and pushing it down the street. You need to turn it on and you need to put the keys in it. Now imagine, Jesus comes to you and He hands you the keys to this 2020 Mustang Shelby GT350. And He says, here, here are the keys to all the power you'll ever want. Where are you going to take it today? The gospel doesn't need us. The gospel is powerful by itself, but Jesus has given us the keys to take it for a spin. Jesus is including you and me. The gospel has the power to bring freedom to those that are in bondage, to break the chains of those who are in prison, to change lives, transform lives, change marriages, change communities change relationships the gospel has the power but jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom of god listen the kingdom on earth will go as we go he doesn't call us to park it in the garage he doesn't call us to just put the gospel in the church building he doesn't call us to just take the keys and and put it in the, cover it up, and hide it away to keep it safe. We don't want any scratches. We don't want any broken mirrors. We don't want any dents. We don't want any dirt. No, he doesn't call us to that. Jesus gives us the keys to the kingdom to take it for a spin. In our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in our communities. And yes, sometimes it might get messy. We might get a chip in the windshield, a scratch on the pane, a dent in the fender. But the gospel is meant to move it's meant to drive we have the keys to the kingdom listen church we should take it for a spin pedal to the metal by his power under his grace and through the leading of the holy spirit so that it might be on earth as it is in heaven we don't need a temple or a building for that to happen it's in you and it's in me and when we come together Jesus gives us the power and the responsibility of taking that kingdom to all the ends of the earth. Another reason we need to show up is that we're just simply better together. We're better together. So many people tell me that they hate organized religion. And I get it. Some, there's, there's days I hate organized religion. And I understand why. Because all throughout his history, the church has many times forgotten its purpose, and its mission. We've lost our way. We make the church about structures, and we make the church about doctrine and practice and politics, and we make the church about getting our way and creating our own society and buildings and hierarchy within that church. And and I understand why it turns so many people off. But the reality is Jesus established the gathering of the church 
not for all of that, but for people. He established it so that we might get things done in the world for people. That we might bring heaven to earth. The best thing about organized religion, though, is that it can organize. Maybe you haven't looked at it this way. Maybe you've not thought of it this way. Yes, organized religion can get, eh, nobody wants to really belong to that. But when Jesus' people, centered on Jesus' purpose and mission, organize, you can't stop it. It's amazing what can get done. It's amazing what can happen. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 6. He says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members do not all have the same function, so Christ in, so in Christ we, though many, form in one body, and each member belongs to the other. Sounds like organizing, doesn't it? We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. It is your gift. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Listen, Jesus, God has gifted you and given you abilities, and the church needs you to organize with it. Why? Because we're better together. If you've ever tried to get something done on your own, you know you can get a lot done. But you can't get... The big thing's done. Imagine trying to pick something up if you only have a thumb. It's hard to do. I can push buttons, but there are certain things I can't do. We are better together. The church cannot be all it is called to be without you. Another important reason we need to show up is because we need the church. Yes, we are better together. But when we gather and organize in the name of Jesus, when we are on mission and purpose, we do get it done. But the church goes beyond just what we can get done. It affects who we are and who we become. Getting things done is important. Accomplishing things in our world, service things, and doing great things as a church and doing great things as as Jesus people is important. But don't forget... God is also all about what you are becoming. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. That doesn't surprise me that that Paul would say that. We're called to a deeper relationship with Jesus. We're called to experience a greater freedom in the Spirit. We're called to undergo a more complete transformation. Jesus wants me to become something more than what I am. And He's working in me through the church to help me become what He wants me to be. But did you hear what Paul said? Look at that again. Verse Colossians 3.16. Look at that again. Look what he says after that. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Admonish. That word means to caution. It means to correct. It means to urge. And this is scary for us. This is a powerful thing for us to put ourselves in a group of people who has the right and ability and and the grace to correct me, to urge me, to caution me. All of us have what is called a blind spot. 
I remember going through my master's, um, I had to take some spiritual formation classes. And one class in particular, we spent a whole uh, period talking about blind spots. And here I am sitting in a room and online with a bunch of pastors. These are well-seasoned pastors, people who've been in ministry for years. And there's the professor saying, what are your blind spots? And we're all like, uh. But after some time, we realize that we're all off a little sometimes. We're all a little wrong sometimes. All of us have these blinders. We cannot see our own areas that need to be corrected, cautioned, and urged in the Spirit. Listen, holiness, which is another term we use for Christ-likeness or to be like Jesus, always finds its expression in community. What do I mean by that? It's this. Relationships are the sandboxes where God does His greatest work in me. I cannot think of a time in my life I have my personal prayer time. I speak to God and God talks to me. And there are moments, but some of the greatest work that God has done in me has been through a relationship. Because we have blind spots. It's easy to ignore the blind spots, even in the presence of God. But when you get into a relationship with another person, listening, hearing, understanding becomes difficult. Holiness will always find its expression in community. The church, the gathering of Jesus, is an important part of your growth. You need to show up because you need that in your life. There's another important reason why we show up to the Jesus gathering. And you need to know this one's not about you, it's not about me, it's not about your neighbor. But it's this, we show up because of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We show up because we're here to worship. He invites us to gather in His name. He invites us to gather with one another, other Jesus followers, to worship Him. Each week we gather, we pray, we read God's Word, His written Word. We sing songs about Jesus. Why? We gather to worship Him because He is worthy of it. He's worthy of our time. He's worthy of our attention. He's worthy of our praise. Look what First Chronicles 16.29 says. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. We need to worship Jesus. To worship Jesus together is a declaration to God and to others of our commitment to this confession. You are the Son of the living God. His death and His resurrection is for us. And we confess that together And we place Him high in the priorities of our lives. Like Peter, we too confess, you are the Son of God. Peter became that first stone of billions of stones that Jesus used to begin to build His church. Not out of wood or marble or brick, but out of redeemed lives. People who believe and follow Jesus. 
We need to show up because Jesus is worthy of our presence. Look what C.S. Lewis said. He said, in the, in the process of being worshipped, God communicates His presence to men. I know that you are busy people. I know that there are a hundred things that you could be doing even right now. But I also know that you need the church. Listen, I've pastored for a long time. Like I said, I grew up in a pastor's home. I know how to guilt people into church. I know who to call, what to say. Um, I know how to make you feel like, you know, you just need to be here. But I don't want to do that, and I don't think God does either. Gateway Church is not about that. But what we are about are three very important strategies to help you grow in your relationship with God. And that first big step to help you become all that God has called you to be, to find your mission and your purpose, that one strategy that I've been talking about all morning is this. Show up. Look at this strategy for our church that we have. We just feel like that first big step is just be present. Show up. Be here because you can't go up. You can't move up. You can't grow up if you don't show up. Be one among the many. We believe that Jesus followers need to gather with other Jesus followers to grow. And here's our promise. As the pastor of this church, as a leader in this church, we will use every resource. We will plan. We will pray. We will think deeply We will be intentional about every gathering because we want to communicate through every song, through every video, through every message, through every series. We promise that as leaders of this church, we will give everything we have to communicate what God is saying to us as a church and to you as an individual. I'll tell you a little secret. I probably shouldn't tell you my secrets, but... Once in a while, um, when I'm preparing a message through the week, God will give me a word, a, a point, a, a scripture that I'm going to communicate. And he brings people to my mind, people that I know, friends of mine within my church who I know are struggling with something, dealing with something, a decision they have to make, a decision they've made, something that they are uh, just can't seem to let go of. And, and, and I know it, what it sounds like. You say, oh, pastor, you preach at us. No, it's not that. I really pray about that. But I get excited to come preach that Sunday because I know God's going to speak to this person And I know that this word is going to, if they're listening, this word can change their life. And I cannot tell you how many times in the 10 years that I've been a part of this church that I've had Sundays I've come in excited about speaking a word because I know it's going to help somebody. They're going to get something out of that. And then they're not here. They're not present. They didn't show up. For whatever reason, they just didn't feel like coming or Maybe there was some other reason, but the reason that they weren't here isn't important. Here's what I want you to hear. It's not what we want from you. We don't want you to just be here so we can count you. We want you to be here because we know that we put a lot into this and we know that God has something 
for you. God wouldn't be speaking to us and, and encouraging us to, to do what we do if God didn't want to say something to you. And so what really happens is when a person doesn't show up, they just simply miss out on a means of grace, a word, uh, a testimony, a scripture, a song, um, something that they miss out that God could really speak to them. And how great is it? Imagine how great is it to hear God speak to you? And that's why we want people to show up and to be here. And I know there's a lot of things that you could, other things you could do. It's not about what we want from you. It's about what we want for you. You need the church. We need each other. And the church needs you. So the challenge today is this. Show up. The challenge is show up. Be present every moment that you can. Be here. Make it a commitment. Do everything you can to make that something that's a priority in your whole family. To be present because we need you and you need the church. I want to pray for you before I dismiss you. um, And uh, just pray for you and your families and your lives for your safety. And uh, pray that things get back to normal for us. Um, Pastor Bob came in this morning, dropped by while we were praying, and he said, you know, I just heard something that was really uh, just a great word. He said, somebody said, worry and worship cannot occupy the same space. Think about that for a moment. Worry and worship cannot occupy the same space. Another good reason to show up and worship Jesus. I pray that your worship every day pushes that worry right on out. God's got this. and He's got you. Our Father, I thank you for your church. Jesus, you established it with your blood. You spoke it into existence. It's important. And we should find it important part of our life. God, may we commit to showing up and being present. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you all this week online. And uh, come out next week, 10 o'clock and 1130. God bless.